Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the High Potion Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Curthy. And I'm Charles Burkhart. Buddy, we're going back to uh, a episode concept that we haven't done in a little while. It's where we examine a console, right? Sort of take a deep dive and a closer look at a console. So far in the quote-unquote sixth generation of video game systems, we've done the Dreamcast, in the PlayStation 2. The only two remaining are interesting because I owned one that you didn't own and you owned one that I didn't own. So we're going to be talking about those and I'm going to take the lead and talk about the one I had, which I think once we we dig in, you'll have some you'll have plenty to say, but oh, sure. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about Nintendo's follow-up to the Nintendo 64 the GameCube. Um, that shit is literally a cube. It, and it literally <laughs> is a cube. And, and you know, uh, a step in the right direction after the 64, but still not, you know, soaring to Nintendo's previous greatness with, like, you know, the NES, the SNES, the Game Boy, so on and mm-hmm. so forth. Well, co- co- uh, competition was really kicking off at this point. Oh, you know? like, yeah, man. It was it was sink or swim for them, and it, it they were able to kind of coast on their reputation for a little while, but mm-hmm. eventually they figured it out, you know? Well, yeah, and listen, you know, you can talk about, like, you know, I know, you know, we, we always get a little bit of pushback when I talk shit about the 64 Mm-hmm. Um, which I get, you know, there's there's definitely probably a generation where that was their first video game console, much like the NES would have been, you know, for people of our generation. I just think, you know, when you, you take like an overview of the system, the games, their longevity, like their their impact in gaming history, there was a lot of bullshit on the 64. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one thing you can say about Nintendo is, even in periods when the console department may be lacking, they kill it in handheld, right? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, always know, have. Yeah, yeah, around this time, you know, they were doing the Game Boy Advance, which is an incredible handheld system and sold a ton. So Never never owned one of those, and man, I wanted one. So oh, they were, dude, they were badass. I held off for the longest time because 
when they came out, people were like, I don't know, man, the screen's not lit. It's kind of hard to see. And I was like, well, that gives me an excuse not to try to get one. And then they brought out like those cool SP um, advances that like had clamshell openings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you got me. And there's JRPGs on there. You best bet I'm playing some Golden Sun. Hell yeah. Was that the system that had um, Advance Wars? Yes. I thought so. That yep. was a, a, a series I always wanted to get into, but never was able to. Yeah. Um, so, um, we're going to talk about the GameCube, but first, I think, so, you know, we had our friend Emily on last week. Um, there's some stuff that sort of happened in the larger gaming world that we wanted to talk about, you know, a little bullshit and to kick it off. Um, so we're definitely going to do that. Cause I mean, listen, like Emily was good enough to, you know, stay up late to come on our episode and talk about a specific topic. She doesn't need me sitting here down bad over Cammy's redesign in Street Fighter VI, <laughs> right? Like, let's leave that to when it's just me and you, buddy. How's that sound? Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to say, man, it is a weird fucking position to be in when my main in Street Fighter is getting the amount of hype that Cammy is right now. I've never seen that happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, back in the day when I was playing, you know, Street Fighter 2, I was a Ryu guy. You know, he was kind of the basic guy, you know, face of the franchise. Yeah. yeah, But he never really, uh, you know, a little bland. Yeah. 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 White meat, baby face kind of deal. Yeah. And like all the cool kids liked Ken. Right. And or, you know, any other school kid did. Yep. (laughs) Um, And then so what was it? Two weeks ago now. Even further by the time you guys are listening to this. I'm um, hanging out on a Thursday, getting ready to go out to dinner with my family. Some family members um, wanted me to go to dinner with them. And Steve texts me and he says, hey, man, there's a, I don't know if you know, but there's like a PlayStation Stay to Play coming on. And, you know, I'm out and about. So if you have a chance to watch it, text me any cool updates. Which which never happens, by the way. I'm never the one to tell you about these. And you and you and I was like, oh, I totally forgot about that. So I put it on while I was getting ready and stuff. And you know, it was okay. It was a lot of PlayStation Two VR stuff, which that's cool. Like you know, if that's your thing, I'm sure it was really exciting. <clears throat> but then towards the end of it, before they got into the Suicide Squad stuff, they were like, hey, we're gonna show the last three characters from Street Fighter Six. And I said, uh-oh, uh-oh. Hold so, up. Hold up. <laughs> they kick it off with Zangief. Zangief looks awesome. He is uh, and probably always be will be a motherfucking thorn in my side. <laughs> like, the other day before we played uh, Street Fighter on stream, you know, when we do that, I like to get in a little early, shake the dust off, play some ranked matches. And there was a Zangief that I played um, and in the four rounds I played against him, I may have hit him six times total. Mm-hmm. He just demolished me. Um, and then they showed off Lily, which is the new character, um, which I didn't realize is... Um, oh, she's related to T-Hawk. Yeah, related yep. to mm-hmm. T-Hawk, which is kind of cool. And then last but not least, a, a, certainly in my <laughs> heart, they do Cammy, right? And it, I can't believe that, like, just days before, uh, Steve and I, two days before, in fact, had recorded about the Street Fighter animated movie. And I said, why don't? Why does Cammy not have that cool fucking move she does on Ben Franklin in the game? And then she does it in the trailer. She did the move from the Street Fighter 2. I, I swear to God, I'm 
we might live in the matrix bro and the matrix was like i gotta throw this motherfucker a bone because things are rough <laughs> right we we can pull this one thing off yeah nobody yeah. will notice <laughs> but yeah it looks really cool man she um has uh, some cool animations you know, oh, like just like the, the win animations and stuff. Dude, that stretch animation, sheesh. Mm-hmm. sheesh. But yeah, the internet blew up about that. It was I, I sent you a screenshot of uh, mm-hmm. a Reddit thread where there was a bunch of other people flipping out about the move from the movie. And mm-hmm. So yeah, you were mentioning how weird it is for your your main to kind of be the toast of the town these days. I've never seen that. Not with Cammy, and like clearly Cammy's popular enough. She's been in every game except three right since Mm -hmm. she she was introduced she was the second um lady character introduced in street fighter she was in all the alpha games so on and so forth so it's clear that she's popular enough for her to keep you know showing up in the games but i've never seen her catch this kind of heat Mm -hmm. and like after a day the official street fighter 6 uh twitter account treated tweeted wow you guys really like cammy and the responses to it were internet gold, bro. <laughs> internet gold. I saw so many people that I would just dap up if I saw them. I was like, that's oh, yeah. right. Yeah, we got to throw shout outs to our boy Alex Lee. Who yeah. plays the, the voice of Luke, who was all in that thread making good jokes. <laughs> uh-huh. Talking about, does she need a chair? I'll asking be, for a friend. Yeah, yeah asking for a friend. <laughs> um, I love the redesign. I think it's by far the best redesign they've done for her since the original design. Cause you know, like they did the killer B costume in the uh, alpha games. And then in um, five, her redesign is kind of like that one piece with the, the ski goggles and stuff, yeah, which is all I, right. But I didn't love her face in five and not like it, it was just a weird, it, it didn't feel like her almost. A sometimes. lot of them are weird in five yeah. something about the facial features for a lot of the characters in five so yeah man <laughs> sounds so harsh oh and then face <laughs> and then jeff sends me a message or buddy jeff shout out who we found out does listen from time to time mm. he was like man i might have to become a cami mame and i said what <laughs> B- what <laughs> he was totally joking but like it led to a flurry of oh well you already stole mine <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, we're not having the World of Warcraft hunter situation, dwarf hunter situation happen again. Because back in the day when me and Jeff played World of Warcraft, I started up my character first, Sherbooz, the dwarven hunter. And then like four days later, Jeff joins up, Jaling, the dwarven hunter, bro. I was like, all right. Okay, cool. That's cool. We're just two dwarf boys hanging out with our tamed animals. To me, it's just, I, I think he just realizes that we are correct in our choices. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way he sees it, and he just wants to be correct, too. Oh, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I don't give a shit. Yeah, he, me neither. Any any character that Jeff picks up, he's going to be better th- at it than me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the way it goes. I, it's, I'm not going to let it deter me from being a cami main. I've already got a new fight stick design brewing. Like, this... Shoo, I'm down bad. I'm down bad for them <laughs> damn pixels. Down down bad. And, you know, um, another thing we didn't talk about, you mentioned how Cammy was the toast of the town and how that was kind of weird for you. Well, that made me think of how I felt when Elden Ring was winning all these freaking awards and, mm-hmm. and basically people were just losing their minds over it. 
and, and um, that was kind of weird for me. And one thing that wasn't weird was them <coughs> announcing uh, the DLC finally, oh. which which I briefly again same thing. I didn't want to like waste Emily Lynn's time mm-hmm. like talking about how I can't wait to see Mikola in this DLC or whatever. But uh, man, I am super stoked. I, they didn't release a date, but I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess September, probably right around a college football weekend if I know my luck. Um, listen, I just have to say, is it more? Is there, it, could there be anything more from slash Miyazaki than the <laughs> fact that they announced the DLC like two days after the anniversary of of that game, year anniversary of that game's release, in the middle of the night, like. <laughs> In the middle, like, I just know Homeboy was sitting on, like, a plush fucking felt couch, right? Probably deep red, like, with wood carvings <laughs> in the arms, you know, of horrific <laughs> shit. Smoking a cigar that was shaped like a foot. And he was like, he got a text from some poor crunched bastard in the office that was like, Hey, man, the DLC is really coming together. When do you want to uh, announce it? And he goes, shit, right now? Let's do it right now. No. <laughs> what are we doing right now? I'm just laughing at the foot-shaped cigar. That's yeah. uh, that's a really funny image. Uh, but man, yeah, fucking Miyazaki, man. I can't wait. I does what he wait. wants. And you know, our buddy Luke Cruiser uh, of the Bad Motivators. He's the first tweet I saw that actually broke the news that morning. His was the first one that I saw where I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. I, well, coming. I. You know, because like, cause my weird fucking work schedule, I stay up late and I sleep not super. It's not like I'm waking up at the crack of noon, but I sleep a little later than a lot of my friends. So I woke up to the news from you and I was like, mm. fuck yeah. Now I got to go to work. That's all. <laughs> um, so the other thing. Um, so this is not game related, Steve, but I'm just so excited that I can't hold it back. OK, oh, bring it. Yeah. I've met the lady of my dreams. Oh, word? Yeah, man. I don't know. It came out of nowhere. I was not expecting it. it was super surprising. Um, I want to keep some details, you know, uh, close to the chest for now because it's fairly new. But her name is Anna. Right, yeah. um, okay. I met her at an adult establishment, I guess you could say. Mm. Um, we had a we had a drink a sake drinking contest it was kind of like that scene in um raiders of the lost ark where they oh, introduced uh-huh. marion um then we played a rousing game of rock paper scissors scissors where frankly i do do stomped her <laughs> and then i don't know how to explain what happened next other than to say i found myself in a pair of uncomfortable looking japanese underpants flying through st- space and time and shooting energy beams out of the top of my dome. I don't know what happened, man. It was all a blur. It's it's all dra- it's like a dragon ish. <laughs> you got to indulge me one thing, Steve. I got to play this. This is the slapper of all slapper songs. This oh, is song this the rock, sl- paper, scissors song? You ready? Oh, it's great. Let's hear it. Well, 
Dude, how many ties is I didn't realize this guy put together the fucking vicarious version of this song. <laughs> yeah, normally it's over for me right after that first one, but mm -hmm. I I was like, what's happening? They keep tying. <laughs> Dude, uh, the the top comment, the most um, liked comment on this video is this song has no right being such a banger and he's right <laughs> holy shit dude what a game i i really like um took off with it mm -hmm. these last couple of days like i finished ghost of tsushima and um was like now it's time to go balls deep in another samurai game mm -hmm. and man man oh man i'm on chapter four i've done fuck all of the story in chapter four but man have i played i'm almost 30 hours into this game at this point i love it so much nice i'm so i'm a little bit behind there i'm also on chapter four because and listen there's going to be a like a dragon ish oh, episode yeah. coming whenever we we beat this beast um but like at a certain point it becomes and and steve was the person who coined this phrase which is perfect it becomes Samurai Stardew Valley. And, buddy, I was up till 4 a.m. last night. I had some anxiety kicking, but that wasn't why. It was because I was like, ooh, I need to plant some more daikon. Ooh, I'm going to cook. Like, this whole slice of life second home system that they put in this game, like, this is, this is, Hall's the game. You're a samurai. <laughs> you're doing all the Yakuza stuff with all the crazy side activities. And then they throw in a fucking farming, cooking, selling element, buddy. Fuck. Oh, and you can befriend cats and Shiba Inus to come live at your house with you. Fuck me, man. Did you, did you do any of the pet quests? I did. So far, I've only done two different cat ones. Okay. There's the cat who keep I keep finding him and he's dirty. Yep. So I take mm -hmm. him to the bathhouse and now I think he's just getting dirty on purpose so he can hang out with me in the bathhouse. I love the graphics when you clean him uh -huh. and like sparkles and all that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, god so rays. <laughs> yeah. And then um the other one was the cat that you the lucky cat the that lucky you give cat. money to. Mm -hmm. And uh, my favorite thing is you give him money like and every time you you come across this side quest, there's another dude being like, "I gave this cat this much money and he brought back this crazy thing and then so you give the same amount of money and the cat brings you something back and initially uh hajime is fucking saito hajime is a little uh disappointed in what he brings but then like he feels bad immediately mm -hmm. <laughs> and is like oh well you know what I, he knows i need more sleep so that's why he brought me this and i love it so much dude i love it yeah um, I can't wait for you to find the Sheba quests. Although oh, I can't um, wait. one of them is going to make you very, very angry. That's all I'll say. Oh shit! Oh shit! Um, so the last thing I want to say, because this could quickly turn into early impressions on like a dragon issue, is you know I stayed fairly out of touch with this game. Like I knew it was coming out and I was like, I'm not going to watch a ton about it. Like I'm so excited for it. I've wanted Jay to play this game. Yeah. yeah. So I had no idea about the second life, you know, fucking farming slice of life stuff. 
Um, but when it, when it, uh, reviews started coming out, I was reading them and I did, and maybe it was the IGN review that was like, look, it's really good. I just wish some of the side quests were as wacky as some of the other Yakuza games. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, dude. Cause I've been doing some wacky ass shit. <laughs> yeah. This game is Yakuza through and through. I yeah. didn't like his review. Honestly, um, he talked shit about the gunman stance, and I love the gunman it's stance. Awesome. Like I fucking and hate the hell out of that. We so we've been hyping this game up so much when we hang out in Discord that our buddy Jeff downloaded Yakuza Zero and has started playing it. Like, there's I don't know that there's another game series that I'm more proud of when I hear somebody downloaded it and played it because of me. And trust me, not everybody that does ends up liking it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's some not for of them everybody. do. But some of them do. But if you let that game get it, get into your head and you know you're you're making you're, you're making money, mm -hmm. you're mixing up your activities, you know, you're eating some food, maybe you're slinging some udon. Mm -hmm. You're um farming. There's just so many things to do and lose yourself in as long as you're willing to just kind of be silly. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> boy am I. Am I down the clown? You bet. You're you bet that sweet ass I am. Mhm. Mm mm -hmm. I think there's there the problem with that game for some people is that it's so unlike anything else, mm -hmm. and it's a little janky. Like the combat's a little janky. Oh yeah, you don't play this game going, damn, these are tight controls. Right, right. It's, it's there's just something about those games that it makes them completely unique to other any other game out it's, there. That... They're very immersive, mm -hmm. and like the feeling we talked about this in our Yakuza Zero episode, the feeling of like. Because it's, it's open world. Well, actually, it's probably more accurately described as sandbox, right? Mm -hmm. And your mm -hmm. sandbox is this one particular city. Like, if after spending a few hours or a few chapters in a Yakuza game, like, you are walking around the city like it's your hometown. You know mm -hmm. where everything mm -hmm. is, where every store is, every restaurant. And I just love that. I love the fact that you get so long in this location that you start to, like, learn it like that. Totally, yeah. I know where everything is at this point, at least in that main zone. Yeah, that, you know. yeah. There's some other, there's some extra zones and stuff in this one, and I just uh, like, I wish I could quit my job and just play. Mm, same. Like I didn't want to. Oh. I did not want to stop playing it last night when we quit talking. I was just like, damn it, I'm gonna play this for four more hours. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm gonna stay up a little late tonight and play it since I did. I've worked a 12-hour shift today. I Hell I, yeah! I think I earned you it. Earned it, bro. Mm -hmm. Stay as a sleep in a little tomorrow. That's mm. what I'm talking yep. about. Yep, yep. All right, buddy. So let's get to the topic of the day, the Nintendo GameCube. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Now, like I sort of mentioned at the beginning, you never had a GameCube. I imagine you had to have come across one and fucked around with one occasionally. Honestly, that that's the weird thing. I really didn't. Really? Like, I I very I played very little of it. Mm -hmm. Now there are going to be some games, of course, that I know of. Um, 
Uh, I have a Resident Evil 4 question as mm-hmm. far as that goes for you. Um, mm-hmm. But I remember thinking that the Star Wars game looked really sweet. Oh, my God. Um, and I did play Mario Party on it. That was probably the first time I ever played Mario Party was on a GameCube. I think my sister had one, and that's like pretty much all they played when I was around. Mario good. Party's a beast. Like That, that was really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I, loved, I loved Mario Party. So, um, Okay. So, the GameCube was released, uh, at least in the U.S., um, in November of 2001, right around the release of the original Xbox. They kind of came out sort of concurrently. Um, its launch price was $200. Um, and, fucking Nintendo, man. So, like, you know, they catch a lot of what I feel was justifiable shit for uh sticking with cartridges with the 64 it really hindered development and and you know the things people could do it was a big reason why square square enix stopped working with nintendo Mm -hmm. i find that you know a lot of people for some reason think that like nintendo owned square but they didn't they just they worked solely with nintendo for the longest time because nintendo were the the leaders in the game right Mm -hmm. yep um and this time they're like okay no more cartridges we're gonna do like like disc-based media cd-based media but tiny that's right the nintendo gamecube they finally did cds but they were tiny ass little cds they could not they were like nah who needs a dvd player nobody nobody wants that for sure (laughs) Weren't they like the roughly the same size as like the CD singles? Do you remember CD singles? Did you ever oh, see yeah. those, the little ones? Yep, yep. The, they I never. That size? I think so. And you know what? I never got one of those because I was always like, I'm gonna put that in my my car CD player. What is it just go, oh, right, ever yeah. gonna come back out? I don't think they work in car CD. <laughs> car probably CD players. Not. I never tried that. <laughs> probably not. Um, so these are the launch titles for the GameCube. You had um, Luigi's Mansion, which um, is a franchise that still goes today. It's a game where you play basically ghost uh, Luigi as a Ghostbuster, like a cartoony Ghostbuster. Um, People really like that series, right? I mean, it's yeah, Ghostbusters. Yeah, and, and like I really liked this game. It was weird, you know, having the first Nintendo console in the U.S., obviously, that didn't launch with a Super Mario game, right? You know, 64, Mario Brothers, um, Super Mario World with mm-hmm. the previous three generations. Um, Super Monkey Ball. Did you ever get into those games? Nope, but I, I, I've played them. I'm, I'm aware of the mechanics. I can't get it. They, they frustrate me. Something about the controls and shit frustrates me yeah it didn't never do it for me um wave race blue storm all-star baseball 2002 batman vengeance crazy taxi dave mira freestyle bmx2 disney's tarzan untamed madden nfl 2002 nhl hits 2002 star wars rogue squadron 2 rogue leader tony hawks pro skater 3 hmm that is the uh, titles that came out. So most of those you could get elsewhere. Yeah. So as far as games that would have been exclusive would have been Luigi's Mansion, Wave Race, 
and Star Wars, obviously. Star Wars, Rogue, Rogue Squadron too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Crazy Taxi was available well before that on the Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then I remember their launch title feeling under their launch titles feeling underwhelming to me um, at the time, but. In in our house, we already had a PlayStation Two and um, an Xbox, right. so we we weren't in a hurry to get another system. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't get the um, I didn't get a GameCube at launch anywhere near launch. You know, mm-hmm. I was balls deep in um, PlayStation Two land at this point. Same. Um, in fact, I don't think I got one the like a year after it had had been out right um now i gotta hit you know star wars rogue squadron 2 what a killer fucking game like i remember at the time the guy that my sister was dating got a gamecube um around launch and he got that star wars game and he was over at um our house hanging out with my sister and he brought the gamecube and i was like hold up (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna need I'm gonna need to play that for a second, play that Star Wars game. And like being honest, this kid was kind of a dipshit. Um, so, you know, I had to, you know, suck up some pride and not, you know, be the the shit talking older brother so I could play a little bit of that Star Wars. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the sacrifices <laughs> we make. Uh-huh. <laughs> um but, you know, uh, there are some things about the GameCube I like. I'll tell you this, I think the GameCube has a awesome controller there's mm-hmm. something so, about oh that God. that controller that's real good it's so much better than the horrific controller that they released for the 64 oh my god yeah way that better beast. than that <laughs> way better than the 64 controller um and i mean look like in nostalgia wise like the the nes controller kind of kind of sucks right like it's classic don't get me wrong yeah but, like it's this it, as a kid, I guess you don't mind the fact that it's a square with sharp edges, you know. Yeah, you never noticed until you get your dick skinners around a SNES <laughs> controller or a game, oh uh, Sega six-button controller or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, like, when I remember, you know, like, so you, you're a kid, you're lucky enough to get, like, the next console. For me, it was the game, uh, the Genesis, right? And, you know, play the dick out of the Genesis. And one day I'm like, oh, I should hook up my Nintendo and play that. I haven't played that in a while. And just being like, what is this baby's ass toy of a controller, dude? <laughs> know, it felt so, so small and shit. Yeah. I mean, I love the SNES controller, too. It was, like, ergonomically designed and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for um, extra buttons. Another thing that they did, like, I think the um, the different color variations of the Game Boys and the 64s must have been fairly popular for them. So they launched with, like, four different colored game cubes you had your like you know your game cube purple your silver black and orange the orange is kind of fresh the and orange looks, was fresh it looks yellow to me no but it's it's definitely here let's see that is orange yeah that's that's the orange they called it spice orange is that not a is that not a yellow one too Oh, uh, see, these are customs. Oh, you got to be I careful. People be new boot goofing with the colors and customizations <laughs> online. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll take your word for the orange, um, you know, that it was in yellow or whatever. But yeah, that's, I do like that. I like the fact that you can get customized consoles. Yeah, like, I, I mean, it. you know, if it was. Were they the first one to do that? 
You know, I'm honestly trying to think. They might have been. I, I don't want to say for sure because remember when we talked about um, how there were no Halo map packs for Halo 2 on the original Xbox and like 400 people tweeted us like, you're fucking <laughs> dumb. So I ain't going to say anything for sure, bro. But well, they might have been. We are dumb. Yeah. So. <laughs> bro, weed. It causes fucking, you know, short-term so memory loss. High potion, man. Yeah. Um, I, and, and like, you know, I was fucking lame when it came out. I was like, getting the black one fucking badass. <laughs> I'm a, but watch out. I'm a, I'm a badass with my square console. That's got a handle on it. Like a purse. <laughs> so t- tell me about the star Wars game. Oh, uh, it's just really, really good, buddy. Like it's, it's one of those games where, and, and you see it time and time again in Star Wars where you play the hits, right? You're flying all the ships you want to play, fly. You're assaulting the Death Star. You're taking down AT-ATs on, on Hoth. Hoth. Yeah. But it was just, mm-hmm. you know, a really good version of that. Like, the original Rogue Squadron on the 64 is good. It's good. Rogue Squadron 2 is great. Um, and the fact that they have not found some way to release like a collection of those is frankly real fucking stupid because they're really really good yeah um, seems like they could put them out like easily mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and you know it was it was really good and I, even when i first played it i was like okay this is this is cool but it wasn't something where i was like well i have to go buy a console to continue playing this right mm-hmm. um it wasn't until the next year when i read a review for a game that came out in September of 2002 that I was like, oh, I would like to play that. And I became obsessed with playing this game. And that's the original Animal Crossing. Ooh, yes. My wife also owned a GameCube back in the day and played a lot of Mm -hmm. Animal Crossing on it. Dude, Yeah. so, you know, my freshman year college was in... um, you know, the fall of 2001 slash spring of 2002. After my first or my second semester, I had like a major surgery where I had to essentially take the next year off of school to sort of recover. Um, and I was going to work. Since I wasn't going to school, I could work more, saved up some money. And I bought a GameCube. And buddy, I had no social life, living at my parents' house, fucking dicking around in Animal Crossing all day, every day. You want to hear the saddest shit? I rang in the new year on Animal Crossing because I wanted to see the special event at midnight. <laughs> and I ain't some dirty-ass cheater that did the time-traveling shit where you change the internal clock on the GameCube so you can see. All- no, nah, man. Not me. Not us. <clears throat> um, and obviously, you know, this is a game that especially with, you know, the last um, New Horizons, the last Animal Crossing, is a juggernaut today but um one of the few times that i feel like i was a little ahead of the curve with a game series right like i can certainly not say that about yakuza like oh i was i adopted yakuza early Mm -mm, i was very late i'm still catching up um but animal crossing i definitely got into real early and it was a hell of a game fascinated to me fascinated me that one of the things you could collect in that game were little nes consoles and each of them had a game built into it 
that you could play within Animal Crossing. So you could, it was weird. It had like a little Nintendo emulator built into the game with all these different games you could play. Um, now, do you remember that this is, in my memory, one of the first big internet freakouts about a game? Do you remember the Zelda controversy with the GameCube? No. Okay. So, you know, you and I talked about in the 64 episode, you know, while it may not be anywhere near the top of our favorite systems, one thing that Nintendo did very well was they reintroduced 2D franchises in the 3D format, and they did a really good job with it. Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, all that stuff, right? So, obviously, there is a lot of anticipation for the follow-up to both of those series, right? And at an event called Space World in 2000, Nintendo <laughs> showed this trailer for what a potential Ocarina of Time follow-up could look like on their next-gen hardware, okay? I'm going to show it to you right now. This is the trailer they showed. 30 seconds. <laughs> That was it. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, listen. You know, it looked the, pretty, no, it looked good. Like, if you yeah. think that that's going to be the game. Right. So, you know, they showed that off. And, you know, it, it essentially looks like a prettier, you know, next gen for the time, at the time, version of Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask, whatever. Right. Well, that's not the game that they eventually announced and showed off. What they eventually announced and showed off was The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker, right? Now, The Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker, is kind of like the Star Wars prequel, uh, prequels of Zelda games, where today it's considered like one of the standouts of the franchise, right? That was not what it was considered when it released or when it was announced. People lost their goddamn mind. Okay, so you go from that Space World trailer to this. <laughs> right? Right. Mm -hmm. To this being the graphic style, the, the cell shading. And I'm telling you, buddy, this is one of the first times I remember, you know, there wasn't Twitter or social media back then, but in like forums and shit like that, people lost their mind. They're like, what is this bullshit? What is this bullshit? Why is this what we're getting instead of what they showed off in that demo? Um, that being said, Wind Waker is a really good game. Of the follow-ups to their, you know, their 3D franchise introductions on the 64, I think Wind Waker is better than the Mario one, Sunshine. Mm -hmm. um, and as a game I wish was was easier to play today. I don't know why they haven't put out the HD version of that that they did for the Wii U on the Switch because um, I would I would buy it to play it again. It's got a cool um, story. I feel like it's got a cool mechanic where, you know, the world is flooded and you're 
sailing around in this talking fucking dra- boat that looks like a red dragon and you're doing fucking zelda stuff man it's cool um but people freaked out about it when it was first announced and i feel like people don't talk about that anymore because you know after a while when people actually played it and realized like oh it's a good game uh you know that kind of all went out the window but it was not received that way at first i tell you <laughs> no what. yeah well i mean especially looking at the trailer that the first trailer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know it didn't look anything like that at all so i could see why people would have been miffed mm-hmm. but in typical nintendo fashion they were like this is still going to be a good game this is the thing man nintendo's gonna do want to gonna do whatever the fuck they want successful mm-hmm. or not right like they there's there's a certain point when like if you're a video game fan if you follow video game development or you know the the three big companies that we have now you know Nintendo Sony um, Microsoft like Nintendo does what the fuck Nintendo wants to do dude like mm-hmm. they're, they're, they and at a certain point they decided like no we're not gonna chase the high end hardware game right where like we got to have the you know a, a system that is as powerful as the other ones on the market. We're not going to do that. We're going to chase a different market. And to be fair, when they hit, they fucking hit, bro. Because the 64 and the GameCube may have not been super successful. In fact, I think the GameCube sold like 21 million consoles worldwide, which, you know, that's not a small number. The PlayStation 2 sold 150 million. <laughs> yeah, you know? it was a juggernaut <laughs> yeah. for sure. Um, it basically cemented Sony as the new leader in mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. video games. Um, one thing I do know that the GameCube really did have going for it was Resident Evil. Um, yes. They had Resident Evil Zero, mm-hmm. which I still to this day haven't played, even though it's widely available at this point. Um, I was always jealous about that. And I'm pretty sure they got Resident Evil 4 first before anybody else did. Yeah, that's they what I They sure thought. as hell did. Um which is crazy because once again, you know, Resident Evil it's weird at least in my brain how some of these franchises work where I associate a certain franchise with a certain system, right? right. Resident mm-hmm. Evil, I always associated with PlayStation. Even though you could play Resident Evil on the 64, you could play it on the Dreamcast, so on and so forth. But it was always like a... Um, do you see Walter? <laughs> he comes in and out. <laughs> he is loving the hell out of the PS5. He's like, bro, let's <laughs> play that Final Fantasy rhythm game. I really like that game. Oh, there Thank he buddy. is the buddy um, um he's like man you ain't got to make friends with digital cats in a video game i'm right here bro <laughs> oh quick aside when those look like you know when you approach one of those quest cats they meow oh yeah freaks him out every time he starts nice. walking around the house looking like where is this motherfucker all right um i always associated resident evil and then like it was weird because I think partially because of the 64, you started to sort of feel like Nintendo was the family friendly console. They didn't mm-hmm. do a lot of, you know, edgier stuff, edgier yeah. stuff. And then they get the fucking Resident Evil 4 exclusive timed. At least it was on there for shit. Oof. 
uh, I don't I don't even know, man. Like I don't know the difference between. Yeah, I can't remember what year it was that I played it on PlayStation Two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I got it right away when it came out on that console. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember when it was. I um, I played it on the GameCube because I had a GameCube by then. And this was a little later in the GameCube's life. This was in like 2005. Four months before Revenge of the Sith is about to come out. <clears throat> um, actually, it wasn't even that long. It released on the GameCube in January of 2005. It came out on the PlayStation in October of 2005. Okay, but boy, so that like felt seven like seven months. Yeah, yeah, it felt like a lifetime back then. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I bet. And you know, Resident Evil Four is the the game in that franchise that sort of reconfigured the franchise for the next few years. Right. Made it a little more action oriented. Changed up the controls. A really good fucking game. Really game. good. The remake is coming out in just a couple of weeks. And yeah. I'm really excited. I'm excited too. Um. So yeah, that was Bro, you got to stop loving on that PlayStation. <laughs> it's like He's it's just it's like me for real. Big and white. Yeah, mm-hmm. it kind of looks like him. He's like, "You sure this isn't a cat?" Well, if it is, I love it. He should hang out more. <laughs> um So yeah, it was it was really cool. Um Resident Evil 4 and like a beast of a game and and quite a get for a 7-month, 8-month exclusive on their mm-hmm. system. Um, they also had, I don't know if it's a game you ever played, buddy. Um, the, another survival horror game. Um, Ooh, I might've heard of this one. I remember they had another game mm-hmm. on there. This is one of those games. Do you remember back in the day on IGN, you could go to like their GameCube section and sort their reviews by highest to lowest. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would just do that to go game shopping. I'd be like, oh, that got a good review? I'm going to go see if I can find it. And this game right here, Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem, yep, was one of those games. And it is awesome. It's a third-person survival horror game. It's got a sanity meter that, as it goes up, as you go more insane, things can change in the levels and shit. Very creative um, a really, really good game that's considered, you know, like one of the hallmarks of um, um, the the GameCube. It was the first M-rated game published by Nintendo. Wow. Um, and for published. years, years people wanted to have some sort of sequel or something to this game. Um and at some point, the creators tried to do, like, a Kickstarter that failed. And, you know, you know how that goes, right? Hey, just, I'm sure you're right, but just quantify it for me. Because I know that Mortal Kombat 2, when it came out on the Super Nintendo, was M-rated. So, you meant, was there, like, Nintendo actually involved in the creation of this game? Yes, they okay. published the game. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't, like, they didn't publish Mortal Kombat 2. Acclaim did. Right. Right. So there um, you go. Okay. This was the actual one that Nintendo had some sort of say in development and that they actually published. Um which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> let's see. Uh okay. So I want to talk about two other games on here. We talked about Wind Waker, you know, 
the follow-up to Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, is a game I feel like people might be softening on a little bit um, in recent memory. But, and I don't even think it's bad. You know, it's one of those games I got and I played and I thought it was okay. But it's no Mario 64. It's the game, it's the Mario game that has the whole water mechanic where you're going around your Mario and you have the big water tank on your back. Mm-hmm. And you're, like, cleaning levels. That's how you complete the levels is by, like, cleaning up goo. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty game. Like, the difference between Mario Sunshine and 64, it's very smooth looking comparatively. Um, and then another one is a big one. Because this is a franchise that we didn't get at all on the 64. as a franchise that, you know... Had a and it's weird. It had a killer fucking game on this SNES, and that's Metroid. Mm, right, that's right. Yeah, Metroid Prime. Yep, Metroid Prime and Prime Two were both on the GameCube, and to me, this is the the closest to Nintendo managing to recapture that magic of transposing one of their well loved franchises from two D to three D. Right. Yeah, because it went first person, too. Yep, first person. Um, And it it was really interesting because it kept so much of the Metroid juice in there. Um, And you can't even, I don't even really think, especially considering I've been replaying it lately, that you could call it a first person shooter as much as it is like a a first person. (laughs) Walter White. Walter White, the cat, getting involved again. He said, oh, I love Metroid Metroid He's like, I want to talk about Metroid Prime. That's my favorite game. <laughs> he's like assaulting your face right now well, this is with what love. Yeah, he's my dude. He could tell I'm anxious. He's like, well, we're going to do something about that, my man. Um, <laughs> so Metroid Prime, you can't even really call it uh, so much a first-person shooter as it is kind of like a, an adventure, first-person adventure with shooting mechanics, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the aiming is not super important. Like you can auto-lock on and stuff. Ow, ow, bro. Oh, he did the U-turn. Bro, you wilding out. What do you want to say, man? <laughs> He's like, I, don't I think I just want to pet myself on your microphone really bad. <laughs> you got something to say about Metroid Prime. He said, oh, Samus is cool. I heard <laughs> Vanessa Marshall voiced her in that game. Oh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to like start recording the, our our footage uh-huh you know when we put out little clips like that yeah, put a, well no. hey we're gonna be doing a live stream for episode 100 guys come hang out and see walter live if you want to nice um That's coming up yeah i know crazy i know dude <laughs> about to be two years it goes by quick right it you sure start does. a, a yeah. podcast and all of a sudden you're like oh damn we've done 10 episodes and then next thing you know Fucking your whole life is in shambles and you're sitting here babbling about fucking eternal darkness sanity's requiem which was your best friend in fucking Florida. Um, all right, so I want to quickly hit some of the other follow-ups. Some of these I don't have a ton of. Um, experience with. Shoo, hit a pothole there for a second. Um, so... I was never, um, to me, when Smash Brothers, when Super Smash Brothers came out on the 64, it was kind of after um, the point when I was 
sort of done with that system. I wasn't really getting new games. I wasn't necessarily hanging out with anybody that would want to play a Nintendo fighting game on the Nintendo 64 with me. I thought the concept was cool, but it was never something where I was like, ah, I really got to play that. And then they bring out the GameCube and they have Super Smash Brothers Melee, right? Which to this day is honestly seems to be one of, if not the best um, received game in the series. Like they, they're like, if you look at um, uh, like fighting game tournaments, nine times out of 10, there's going to be a melee tournament going on, right? People love this fucking game, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, probably the best received until the newest one, super smash brothers ultimate. Um, Let's see, who was, and I think this was, okay, this is the the character lineup, okay? Bowser, Captain Falcon, Donkey Kong, Dr. Mario, Falco, Fox, Ganondorf, Ice Climbers, Jigglypuff, Kirby, Link, Luigi, Mario, Marth, that's when they start bringing in the Fire Emblem characters, Mewtwo, Mr. Games, and Mr. Game and Watch, Ness from Earthbound, Peach, Pichu, Pikachu, Roy, who the fuck is Roy? Samus, Sheik. <laughs> of course, Roy. Yoshi, Young Link, and Zelda. So I was wondering if this is when they started bringing in all the care, the crazy guest characters, but I think that was the next game when like Solid Snake and shit started showing up. Right. Um, and people love Smash Brothers Melee so much, by the way, that with every consecutive Nintendo console since then, they've allowed you to use a GameCube cube controller on those consoles because of that. Nice. Like specifically people love playing uh, Smash Brothers with the GameCube con- uh, controller. So Nintendo's like, shit, we got to figure out how to make those motherfuckers work on this new one. <laughs> um, uh, Roy, by the way, Fire Emblem as well. Fair enough. Um, Mario Kart Double Dash. It's okay. I own this one. I was very hyped for this one after Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, you know? Mm -hmm. It's okay. It did not soar to the heights of Mario Kart 64. Nowhere close in my It would have been hard. That that one is a bona fide classic and Mm -hmm. one that still holds up despite the awful controller. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, right? Um the games to me that worked the best on the 64 were the ones that figured out how to make it the least annoying to use that controller. (laughs) Um, they also, um, did some, I thought this shit was cool. I never did it, but they did this shit where you could link up your game boy advance with the, with the console. Right. So you had like, the Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures and Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, right? Where a very important element of the game was like playing it on the Game Boy Advance while you're playing it on the GameCube. I I don't really understand it because I never did it. I was like, I don't have four friends to do this with that are going to be interested in buying a GameCube and Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. That's a reach. That's a reach. That's an ask. That is an ask for real. Um, and uh, there was another thing I wanted to bring up. Oh, well, they had the Game Boy Player 
kind of like they had on the the SNES, but this was for um, the Game Boy Advance. And, buddy, so you know how, you know something about me to this day is fascinated with being able to play MMOs on a console, right? Um, they put out, once again, this was probably towards the end of me being interested in the the GameCube. They started putting out Fantasy Star Online mm. on um, the GameCube. And, like, it had a broadband adapter where you could connect to the internet and stuff. I never played it, but as I sure as hell wanted to. And part of the reason I wanted to was because of this bitch right here. The GameCube <laughs> keyboard controller, bro. Look at that thing. Bro, it's like they basically sawed a GameCube controller in half and put a, key, a keyboard in the middle. Oh, my goodness. That is wild. And I was like, I want it. I want to play it. Never did it. Never it's did like, it. It's um... like... What those phones called the Blackberries? Oh my God! Those? Yeah, yeah, <sighs> man. And by the way, these very expensive nowadays. Ooh, I bet if you want to get I your bet. hands on them. Um, but yeah, they you know they they. I think they definitely, um, regained some goodwill after the '64 with this uh system. To me, if I had to compare the two, I think the GameCube is is a much better system overall. Um, oh, by the way, also, the first time I ever used a good wireless controller was on the GameCube, and it was mm. this, the WaveBird wireless controller. Okay. So their next console was the Wii? Yes, the next console was the Wii. And boy, howdy, did they fucking kick the door down and be like, oh, you want us to remind you how many consoles we can sell? Shit. Yeah, that was one they weren't going to sell to me, though. Like, mm -mm. But, but at the same time, like they're going going for a more broad base with mm -hmm. these consoles, it seems like, mm -hmm. and, and succeeding. The Wii was a, a big hit. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know about the Wii U. That was kind of like a mid-range upgrade, right? Like well, not really a... the Wii U is maybe one of their most giant failures. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oof. Let's see. Let's see how many consoles the Wii U sold, Steve. <laughs> it's bad. It's real bad. They sold four. No, well, it's not that bad. <laughs> 13, 13 million, less than the GameCube. Yeah. Way less. That's than considered GameCube. a failure, I'm sure. And but then they would follow that up with the switch, right? Which was a is a fucking behemoth. It's a massive, massive, massive. I success. think it might be their best console they've ever made. I know I, there's some newness bias, but I mean, it's tough. It's tough to say, right? Like because you you have to judge it based on the context mm -hmm. of of the era when it comes out. Because mm -hmm. the Super Nintendo was an amazing console for its time, mm -hmm. but you can't compare a super nintendo to the nintendo switch you know what yeah I mean? oh it's yeah no you're loop. totally right um also what was interesting about the gamecube transition to the wii right was you know one of the wii let's not not including wii sports but one of its sort of killer launch titles was the legend of zelda twilight princess right Mm -hmm. which also released on the GameCube, right? Um, so it was one of those situations where, you know, you could play it on the GameCube, which honestly, 
is my preferred way to play it because I'm not like waving around a controller <laughs> that <Right>. feels <laughs> completely inaccurate. Um, and then years later, the big launch title for the Switch is is uh, Breath of the Wild, which also mm -hmm. released on the Wii U. You could play it on the Wii U. Um, uh, another thing I want to shout out, Soul Calibur 2. This is when they started including guest characters. The guest fighters. Yep, and this was back when each console had a special guest fighter on Nintendo. Soul Calibur 2's guest fighter was Link. Link, yeah. yep. Um, Rare released their last, the last game for Nintendo before they were bought by Microsoft, which was Star Fox Adventures, which I think is kind of unduly looked down upon i actually kind of enjoyed that game yeah um and yeah man the nintendo gamecube is cool um it's it, apparently i just did a little research before we started and it's one of those things where it's kind of jumping up in value and the real you know the real good games are um starting to jump up in price too um and then finally the weirdest fucking thing to see for the longest time was there was a dickload of Sega games on there. Sonic <laughs> games and shit. It was so fucking weird, man. Yeah, yeah, the crossover. Yeah, it finally <laughs> happened. So, yeah, guys, I, I don't know what else to say about the GameCube. It was a solid, little cube. It's solid. Solid console. It, it had the misfortune to me of being in a generation with I mean, the PlayStation 2 was obviously the winner of that entire generation. And yeah. Xbox was just kind of new to the scene. Mm -hmm. But to me, Xbox had the killer app of all killer apps, Halo. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. a, a true system seller where you didn't get too much of those anymore. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more when we do our Xbox episode. But, you know, that first Xbox didn't like light the world mm -mm. on fire sales wise you're it, right it yeah. outsold the gamecube but not by a whole lot it it got their foot in the market and mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. they exploded with their next console yeah big but time. uh but the, I, you know the gamecube i think stands up it's got a solid list of titles that you would if you were to have a GameCube, you'd say these 20, you know, these, these yeah. titles, you, you could, you could name a good amount of things you'd want for. Yeah. It. That's the thing I could. Um, I think if I sat down and looked at the libraries of the 64 versus the GameCube, I would have more games that I would want on the GameCube by quite a bit than I would on the 64 still honestly lacking in, uh, JRPGs for me, you know, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. was, that's my thing, man, and there wasn't a ton. There were a couple, and they were decent, but not a ton. Um, GameCube also was um, underrated for being able to smash someone with it in the head. Yeah, because you that could just pick handle. it up on the handle and bonk somebody over the fucking yeah. head, like you a Looney want Tune to, cartoon. I guess, you know, it's a console. You probably shouldn't do that, but... If you needed that, that, to. If you needed to, mm -hmm. pretty good weapon. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let us know. What did you think about the GameCube? What was your favorite game? Did we forget any games? Did we get something wrong? That's what you um, Follow Steve on Twitter, at Stone Cobra. Follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. Follow the podcast at High Potion Pod. Email us, highpotionpod at gmail.com. Leave us a review, please, and thank you. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. 
Bye. Bye.